Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 341. This is my favorite week because it's Halloween week. Yay! And Linz doesn't feel the enthusiasm. Yeah, don't care. Not as much. I don't care as much. I I fucking love candy. So any holiday that involves me getting candy or being able to buy candy at a fucking discount after the holiday, I'm pro that holiday. I always forget about that. That is the best time of year. Yeah, says the diabetic. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get double diabetes. (laughs) Oh, but we have another uh, great show filled with a lot of comic books. Everything from Old Lady Harley... To High Heaven, to Mars Attacking, and some Juggernaut. Yes, and I had some books of magic, Wolvie. And Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. I feel like we've probably talked about a couple other in there, too. Yeah. Uh, some movies and ongoings uh, within Marvel and DC, recasting, re-shooting, re-scheduling. Retconning. anything that starts with re. Yeah. <laughs> So with that, uh, grab some uh, more fall beverages and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 341, Fade to Black. include that but i already hit record so it's there well it's just showing my affection for you um, for helping me out with my costume yes i did help you a lot actually you broke my sewing machine too <laughs> with your pants and this is where i can insert your, the thing that i just said from earlier that you said yeah so lynn's helped me sew together two shirts and uh some black like sweatpants over yeah. jeans uh to kind of have a half black half uh regular looking thing and then i painted it to look like dust coming off and i was snapped by thanos yep and i had a cool mask like it full body like i looked like i was disappearing yeah and it turned out pretty great i think so about half the people which perfectly balanced like all things should be got it (laughs) that makes sense they uh people that have seen the movie understood right away People that haven't, I then said, well, spoiler warning, but half everyone disappears at the end, and so am I. And I think when I wear it at Comic-Con in a couple weeks, definitely all of them will get it. Yeah. But, you know, not everyone is nerdy. You're going to walk around at Comic-Con with that thing on? One of the days, yeah. Yeah, the whole get-up? Yep. Oh, that's going to be fun. Well, then I can take the the backboard off. Yeah. I mean, it still looks pretty sweet, but that just, it looks like it's flowing in the wind. It does. It does. I was just thinking about being stuck behind you in an aisle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll definitely be in, like, Cosplay Central oh, okay. area where All right. most people are going to... I never dress up for those things. I love Halloween and making costumes, but I've never really had a superhero-type outfit to wear to one of these things. And right. And just kind of killed two birds with one stone. And it's true. I was able to do it's that, true. so... Yeah. I thank you so much because it You're would welcome. not have turned out at all as well as what I was imagining had I not had. And it's funny too because people at first were like, "How did you get that so shaded and this and that?" I'm like, "Well, it's two different, uh, you know, shirts." I'm like, "You see, this has a long sleeve and this doesn't." <laughs> I painted my arm. Yeah. Well, first I shaved my arm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then just painted it black and. Yes, but yeah, my nerdy friends did did truly enjoy. That's awesome. It. And uh, that's not, I mean, I wanted to start off by just kind of saying thank you, but I also wanted to say how you truly feel about Jean Grey from the X-Men cartoon, because my God, why, how, I I always knew that she screamed a lot. Yeah. So. But not had like orgasm screams sometimes. So Derek trolled me on Facebook, old Derek, formerly of... Junk on Comics and now of comic pros, pros and cons, cons. Uh, trolled me on Facebook because he posted um, something about Gene's powers being fainting yes. in the cartoon. And then somebody posted underneath that that along with her fainting was her 
her moan gasms, her gene gasms, as they're <laughs> called, which is also something I've noticed. She's just the poor girl. <laughs> Here's the thing. I love that show, and I still do, but every time I see things like this being posted yeah. about... God, that was not really the greatest of... No, she never... She, I don't recall her fainting all that often in the comic books. Like, that wasn't a thing that just happened. I mean, you know, when she expends her psychic energy, of course you're going to pass out. You pass out from drinking too much. Kind of the same thing. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, one's cooler than the other, that's for sure. <laughs> but I, of course, had to make the comment that... Um, I don't know if you ever watched the what are they called, the um, True Trailers, or what is the name of that series on Facebook where they where they take the trailers and they make them, like, what the movie's actually about? Oh, how, well, how, there's how it should have ended. There is uh, Honest Movie honest, Trailers. Honest Movie Trailers. They have one for the X-Men, the original X-Men trilogy, and the, in that they point out that Jean's power is stares. <laughs> <laughs> Like she can just she just stares just at you. Looks and That's what she does the whole time is she just stares. It's funny. So you know, poor girl, she's terribly written in all uh, media that's not the comic book. Well, that's what I, I was like. I was thinking of it because wasn't Wolverine had more of an Australian accent in that? I don't remember. I feel like he did because. If not, I don't know. Maybe my mind is just remembering yeah. it weird. But he definitely didn't sound Canadian, eh? No. Like, no, he didn't. And, uh, yeah. Well, like I said last time, I mean, there's a lot of shit in that in that show that um, you can make fun of. One of them being the constant yelling for Gene by Cyclops. And the constant shenanigans. Shenanigans? <laughs> shenanigans? I love it. That's a good word. Shenanigans of Jubilee. But she's the one causing most of the problems that they fucking find themselves in. Because they have to save her because... She, her character's bullshit in that show. Yes. <laughs> I mean, as much as we all love that show, it really is just kind of bullshit. <laughs> but well, fuck you, Derek. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, Because of one joke in this book I'm about review, I feel like it kind of can segue into this, but I don't think I'm going to have as good of segues as the shitty ones I had no, the other week. Your segue's broken. Yes. But... Old Lady uh, Harley is a, a book that just recently came out, which... Old Lady Harley? Yeah, it's... You know how they've had Old Man uh, Logan and yeah. then Old Man Hawkeye? So you think, let's take a dystopian future, let's take some of our characters, warp some of them, and then we have one main character that we're going to follow, and mm -hmm. this is Harley. Okay. And doesn't say exactly how far in the future, but what is great is at the beginning... Who I don't even know really who Cat Grant is. Do you know who she yes, is? Yes, she is like um, she runs uh the like the Daily Globe, but not the Daily Globe, but like the it's like a station like the Daily Globe. Basically, she's the um, <clears throat> the news anchor. She yeah, well, she runs the whole company. Who's the guy that runs the Daily Globe? What's his name? Fuck if I know. I just know that it looks like she has like mul like she's multiple man like. They all keep saying, back to you, Cat, back to you. She's... She talks about clones and everything, so I don't know this character. Uh, it was she, okay, so she, ha the only time I've really ran into her in frequency is she's a character in the show Supergirl, because she runs the, okay. she runs the TV slash newspapers thing that, that So Supergirl she is a reporter for. Yeah. in. Media mogul type bitch. Huge Gotcha. Bitch. Well, here she's obviously like I said, a multiple man type person where she's talking like to you, like through a news program about different things mm -hmm. that is of, of this future where there's like Lexico where uh, Lex uh, Luther is in charge of this area that they call Lexico. And he hasn't come out of his capital of the Legion of doom, but the secretary of state bizarro and blah, blah, blah. Then they're talking secretary of state bizarro. <laughs> They're talking about Atlantis being like the new, you know, a new continent, new state uh, that's part of it. And while going through this thing to kind of set up this world, um, we have a uh, president power girl um, here uh, talking. So it's not all just terrible, like most of the Marvel so wait, books. Her, she's president power girl. She's yes. not even president, whatever her real fucking name is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
no criticism there. <laughs> through this, through this setting up the scene of things that are going on, they then go to a commercial for Condiment King. <laughs> Weren't you just talking about him recently? Yes. <laughs> One of the biggest B-list yeah. persons, and he's talking about his new franchise that they have. Oh, God, now I really want French fries with eyeballs, eyeball well, poutine. No, just French fries. Only known in in Canada. Eyeball the three locations. Yep. <laughs> You got to go through the great uh, White Walker North. So I'm like, okay, that's a little nod to Game of Thrones. Yeah, for sure. There were so many of those within this. And and I have to say, so this is written by uh, Frank Thierry, who I think is really good with the weird and different. But because he's done a lot of Marvel things too, there was just a lot of pop culture that I expect from Deadpool that I see sometimes in Harley Quinn. Right. But she is like, their Deadpool. Kind of, yeah, she breaks the wall every so often and stuff like that. But, uh, she, uh, I gotta quick look for something. She goes through about, um, when it first started and all this hell went to be, and you still have a lot of gaps to be filled in, but she killed the penguin. Hmm. Because he set Coney Island, which is her kind of part of the world. Okay. Where she kind of resides for her comic books. And she's talking about how, you know, how many times is going to be? And then she's like, this is the last time. I'm like, holy cow. She she did something that she went overboard of what she even thought she would do. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the now. And then they're just, they're fighting at a Kraken, Kraken barrel. A Kraken barrel. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's those sort of. I go to a Kraken barrel. It's those sort of things that like were really well written in here. Because after a fight with these calamari there's a, a chase, and the other people, as they're talking, got into General general 2000 Lees under the sea. And I'm like, the puns galore don't stop within this. No wonder you liked it so much. I know. Um, what I really loved is her sidekick, who I'm not sure who he is and if he showed up in the Harley Quinn books, because I haven't read a lot of them. Okay. I've read some here and there. Um, Red Tool is what she's calling him. Red Tool? Yes. But his word balloons... Sounds like a name for a vibrator. His word balloons are fucking awesome. They're like a screw and like a saw and and like a hammer and everything that... It's like a Deadpool ripoff. Oh, yeah. But he's got like bionic legs and I don't know. I need to look more up to who this person is. Does she... Is She's giving me straight up Tank Girl vibes in that one. Oh, for sure. Oh, her whole yeah. Her whole look in this whole world, because it's kind of post-apocalyptic... It, it really was making me feel yeah. that as well. Um, the story gets uh, going through um, when she last left uh, being the now, like, well, how would you say now? The future world, which is now. So when they quick did the past where it showed that she killed the penguin, she then was like, all right, maybe, you know, I need to go back to my old ways. And, of course, there's the Joker. Well, she keeps saying the Joker's dead. Obviously, we're probably going to get to where he's not dead, but they start talking about people coming back, you know, like Superman, Jason Todd, that nutty redhead chick who can read minds. Yeah. <laughs> this is the point of going this. And I go, that Yay! was that was awesome. That's a good, I like when they, when they do shit like that. Well, she also talked about one point when they go back to Gotham where it's like Batman were Gotham like he's got signs and billboards up everywhere so like you already know this is going to be a weird um city mm-hmm. and there's Azrael robots all around that are patrolling but we what we find at the end which is really cool is uh well when she's fighting these robots I should first say she's talking about how like where's where is everyone it's like a super villain snapped their fingers and left <laughs> half of everyone left and i'm oh, like that's good there were so many more of these one-liners throughout this and i'm like this is just it, it definitely hooked me yeah you know, like that but we see batman beyond so i'm like because we are in the future and that is kind of this is an you would say an elseworlds book because i don't see this really connecting within the scope of their uh, Batman Beyonds type books with uh, everything else that's going on. Okay. But I'm more excited because that's that's a cool Batman that I haven't really read. I mean, I watched the old uh, cartoon show and I enjoyed it, but not really in the comic book form. So all in all, nice. it's a very, very sweet book. I did. So I very briefly while you were speaking and I was half listening, um, <laughs> I researched the red tool. Because okay. it's our job to inform our listeners, right? So the red tool 
his name is Wayne Wilkins. That's his original. That's his real name. Uh, is obsessed with Harley. So her sidekick is somebody who is obsessed with her, just like she was joking. Because mm-hmm. she was obsessed with him. And he is, he can't feel pain. He got a brain tumor removed, and it removed a part of his brain that makes him able to feel pain. Um, and he's definitely a parody of Deadpool. Okay. Like, everywhere. Everything I've read, they're like, oh, yeah, they're they're totally pulling. There were a couple, yeah. like, nods towards him being Deadpool. I was like, I don't know if that was supposed to be a funny thing or if that's who he is. And it, Okay. Yeah. Learn Which, something new. Well, and Deadpool's a ripoff of... Deathstroke. Yeah. So <laughs> Slade Wilson. Yeah. So this yeah. is Wayne Wilson. You this said? is no. This is um. God, what was his? I mean, it's Wayne. What did I just say it was? I said it was Wayne Wilson, which would also be funny if it Wade Wilson. To... It's it, Wayne Wilkins. Oh Wilkins. Okay. Yeah. So close enough. Yeah. They, they are parodying the name yeah. right there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah. So anyways, this is a, a fun book. Um, I don't know how if it's a limited series or whatever, but it's. It's going to be going in a direction that it's different. Sure. And what's always great about different is it doesn't need to match up with continuity, so you can kind of just read this yep. whenever. Yep. Whether it comes out in the trade later or whatever, you're not going to... It's not going to affect the reading order of things now, but it's a fun book so far. Uh, a lot of other fun things I just want to talk about, the the monster gun that mm. shoots ka- kaiju out of it. And oh, just the scenes with that is also pretty uh, interesting and awesome. gun that shoots kaiju. Yes. All right. You see them kind of like forming. They they expand as they come out of the gun. Yes. That is weird. It's a weird thought process to (laughs) somebody to think of even. (laughs) Exactly. It's so different. It's unique. Yeah. What if I had a gun, but instead of bullets, it shot Godzilla's. giant, giant, Giant monsters. And but in fact, it's the Monster Hurler three thousand. It's better than the Monster Hurler two thousand five hundred because well, this one won't blast and backfire and eat your skin. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Here I can show you at least the page of it shooting like a bullet and then turning oh, into yeah. it. Wow, that is crazy. That's shit. my new favorite bad yeah. guy weapon now. That is some crazy shit. They don't get super huge, it looks like. But yeah, well, big enough to just cause some havoc. Yeah, they're oh yeah, yeah they're not Godzilla size. Right. Right. So maybe not saying kaiju, just it's just a monster hunter. Monsters. There's a lot of Godzilla jokes in there though too. But. Yeah. So there's that. I have a bunch of other books that I can briefly quick talk about as well. Okay. You want me to do mine first though? Yeah. You pause there like I was supposed to say something. So <laughs> Um, I, you know, I read a couple. I'm not going to do full reviews of any of them except for Books of Magic because you did not read this one, correct? Or did oh, you? Oh, no, I have read Books of Magic. Yep. You did read Books of Magic. Okay. But I, again, all these, uh, Sandman Universe ones, I want to hear your takes on things. Um, so th- this is a character that was around before this whole thing, right? Because some yeah. of this, some of the new Sandman characters that they're, they're, aren't like Dora, like she's yeah. she's new, so this character is is established already. That's good to know. It's Harry Potter. This is Harry Potter. Yep, book. yep. yep. Um, but the, did you, as much as we were joking about it, and when they had the preview within the Sandman mm-hmm. universe number one, and yeah. talking about the four books that were going to come out of it, you already made that joke and you got the sense. But when you read this even more, I just knew you're just going to go back to it. Of oh like, my god! It's, it seems it's very exactly. Harry Potter. It's very Harry Potterish. He has to make the choice to do magic and then blah 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 like it's except i mean i thought i think it's cool because it definitely ties it into the mainstream dc universe because you constantine's all over this book well that's funny too i can't really tell who some of the other right. people are but when you see a man in a trench coat clearly smoking yeah that's you know it's constantine. constantine and what's funny is you don't normally see smoking in any comic books right Except for maybe if it's a cigar is okay, mm-hmm. or flat out Constantine. Right, that's, that's his like character. it's just part of his yeah yeah uh, yeah it's his character. So I I don't know who these who these other guys are either. I'm sure if I like put any sort of effort into research, I could have figured that out, um, but I didn't. So 
<laughs> well, what do you think of what it's setting up? Because I know before the show you said it felt kind of slow, and not gonna lie, it it is. I well, first I want to say I really like the uh, art style that starts this book, where they where they're explaining how these magic people, the people who did magic, were basically showing this kid uh, Tim Hunter uh, the ways. Of magic, so like they're giving him a little preview so that he knows what he's choosing, and they're taking him through time and stuff like that. So I really liked the way they did that art wise um, before they switched to the normal style of the art, which is also very good. But I fucking love stylized art more than anything. So um, the so the the story at the beginning of this book to me is is very much just a. a this is who this kid is, and this is what happened in his life, and this is the decision he has to make sort of setup. There wasn't anything in here that drew me into him as a character at all, really. I mean, he's a nerdy boy who's getting bullied in high school, and he gets in a fight, something, he tries to do magic to impress a girl, but fails. Like, I just, it's funny, because I got into a discussion with Josh the other day about how he used to use magic to try and pick up girls in bars when he was younger, and I was like, who fucking does that? <laughs> well, apparently this kid does too. <laughs> um... Uh, the teacher, obviously, and she was actually introduced in the the Zero issue. Yep. Um, because that's when you find out she knows who he is, but he doesn't know who she is. So she's clearly trying to push him in a direction, or at least, at least introduce him to what his task is going to be, which is finding these books of magic. <laughs> yeah, this is very much a reintroduction to the character. Okay. And so not having really needed to read the other ones this kind of gets right into you don't need to read those right this is going to be a whole series where i feel with uh, at least the dream and everything actually all of them have been written well enough to where new people can jump on board mm -hmm. but as i've said you get a lot more from like this universe being fleshed out having known the past because these all kind of are still going on their continuity they right. aren't ignoring the past and it's what I love most about the title of this, Past is Prologue, because this whole book, it's always in the back page uh, where they do the title with the, um, the names of everyone, stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. that it it really is a prologue, it felt like. It really it really. So, was. I mean, I will say I did want more. Mm -hmm. I mean, the last scene and in, in them, and in like it seemed like the three witches of fate, you know, yeah. talk around a fire and everything yeah. and need to find more books. Macbeth vibes from it. I, I wanted I wanted more magic is what I should right. say, and you can't always have everything right away. No, and it's I mean it, the for this book it's it's fair right because he's still basically what it seems like to me is before this book was when he was learning that he had the ability to do magic and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And he chose to be magical and not mundane. Mundane. <laughs> yeah. um, so it, to me. It, like, it very much was like he expected to instantly be magic, and this book was very much like, well, no, that's not how magic works. You still have to fucking learn it. <laughs> I love that he's, like, they at least showed, though, that he can start reading yeah. these blank books, and that it sets up almost these rules for magic, such as magic isn't good or evil. Right. It's up to the, the wheel there. It's how it's you like, use it, yeah. And then there's a cost, and... Those are always like the first basics in any magic book anyways. Right. And but it's cool that they established that in this world. And as a teenager and the protagonist of this book, he learns for the first two rules and he's like, fuck rules. Yeah. So I'm like, well, this book this is going to end well for him. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> so is this, this book is very, like, again, I don't know this character. You did. I don't know this character. So it does introduce him. It kind of runs you through the little bit of his backstory that has already happened with him choosing the magic and going through time and stuff like that. Um, and introduces the other characters that I think are going to be important, right? Cause you get the one bully and the girl that he obviously has a crush on the teacher, those three witches from Eastwick and the homeless lady. Yeah. 
Who? Uh, I did love the. He's trying to explain to the fidget spinner. She gives him a yo yo. Yeah, that was pretty great. So those are all clearly going to be characters that are going to be ongoing in this book. So they and they did that in a way that wasn't like here's this person, this is their role in the book, and here's this person. Like it was very contiguous. So it was good. I would probably read the next one just because I feel like I didn't get. It is a prologue. Yeah. You know, you didn't get any story from this. You you just got the rundown of... Who's who and... Right, 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 right. So, we'll see how the... I don't think I'm going to be able to make a judgment on whether I'll keep reading this book until I get into, like, the actual story of it. Yeah. Book. So, it is a good start for people who are brand new to reading it, though. Yep. Uh, Cat Howard wrote it, illustrated by Tom Fowler. Mm, so good. The color is actually... Uh, Jordan Boyd. I liked the coloring in this book probably more than anything, although it was all very good. So excellent. You may go through the, the. Yeah. All right. So my my two other brief ones. I won't I won't do full reviews of these ones because I don't, I don't have they're they're number twos. So like you don't really want to. They don't have number twos. Never have anything meaty in them, right? They're kind of resolving what happened in the first issue and then setting up what the whole arc's going to be like. Um, so I read the Return of Wolverine number two. Uh, the only couple of things I have to say about well, I remember your view of number one, which was confusion. Yeah, and it's still, I mean, it's still confusing because you he hasn't learned what's going on. So therefore, you as a reader don't know what's going on really. They're off to this island to find this Persephone because apparently she has a whole city, and he still doesn't remember his past. Or anything like that. He's basically just... There's at one point, because, you know, he's got the the fire claws now. And there's one point where he's fighting. And we'll, we'll get there in a sec. But he's fighting and his claws start heating up again. And uh, when he's done fighting and they cool down, he asks the woman, because she's told him that she's heard stories from the past. Have any of the stories you ever heard talked about how my claws were hot? And she, and she was like, no, no, that's, I've never heard of that before. So, like, he's still trying to figure shit out. Um, the cool thing about his claws heating up, though, is when he retracted them in the in the art. Well, that's the thing. It, they didn't even need to do that in the art. No. But that they did it was a subtle, yes. awesome touch. Yeah, like, these are hot. They're burning through his skin. You can see them underneath his skin. And, and that, it brought us a discussion of how badly, even though it looks badass, when he has, like, five foot claws coming out yeah. sometimes physically that doesn't go up to his forearm no. like his claws can only be as long as his forearm because that's where they retract to right and i've even seen like real like almost anatomy of a wolverine type sketches where it shows how they can right like go in and out and even some will say like even some muscle could push them in mm-hmm. and out but ultimately they're only going to be as long as that because otherwise it breaks your elbow right. joint and you can't bend right. your elbow right it was really cool, though, to see that not only they were hot, and obviously that will heal, but you still saw it burnt on the yeah. inside. And I'm like, how much pain he goes through. And they've talked about it in some books, and then other books, they just don't mention it. Uh, that would suck. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> so he fight. They're chasing after this boat that has this this doctor, this lady who was introduced in the first one, and I don't care about enough to actually learn her name. Um, <laughs> she's just the lady Wolverine was kissing in this book. Because, um, you know, there's a new one every couple books. Uh, and they're chasing after this boat of bad guys, and they send some people to go take them out. And it, those people are Omega Red... And you don't know who the other one is until you see the flashbacks in Wolverine's mind where he remembers seeing this guy in the jail cell, and it's his son. What the fuck is, did you say his name was? Dakin. Dakin. God, I was going to say that, and I was like, that does not sound right in my head. Um, so there's, you know, there's a, a fight between those two, and it makes you wonder, are those two... Omega Red's not one to, like, just work for somebody. Not really, unless they're Russian, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know... Dakin, I guess him and Wolverine have fought before. Well, so, so I feel like this series is going to have a lot of the big bads that have always been part yeah. of his life. So those two in particular, right. definitely. And But why are they working for this company? Are they actually working for them? Or are they under some sort of mind control? Is this a new Weapon X program that they're all trying to find right. out the top dog? And... Right, exactly. So, uh, I mean, and that's kind of all there really was to this book is, is him fighting... 
those people, this lady kissing him. Uh, but, <laughs> like, I don't even know. It was kind of like she, she was talking about how, because he was promising her that they were going to save her son and stuff like that. And she kisses him and she's like, you know, all the stuff that you do and all the, you know, all the injuries and all the heroicism, nobody ever thanks you, do they? Do they? And then she kisses him and he's like, well, I don't really do it for that. (laughs) It's like, oh, woe me. (laughs) He don't care. He's like, no pussy for me. Um, So I... Still, still on the fence, or leaning more off. It's. I just. I really hope they get into something the, soon. The wise. This does end with Jean finding him psychically. Like the last page is her hooked okay. up to Cerebro, and she's like, "I found Logan." So I think that's gonna, you know, her and him together is that's gonna jog his memory. That it's they're gonna have to do it that way, or it's not, and that will be really interesting because she's always been like his. She's always there in the back of his head. 100%, though. He's going to probably, like all superheroes do when they see each other, attack her, think she's some clone or not, because he doesn't know that she's right. alive. Right. But also, she he doesn't remember anything, so... But, no, he'll remember her, but then remember that she died, died. and that's what he'll remember. Right. And then he'll be like, you're not real, and then maybe, yeah, then we'll get the resolve of... So, my biggest question... The fight in in here was super cool. I mean, he sets Staken on fire and then throws him in the water. And then, you know, he doesn't know who he is. So, I don't know if he's... When he remembers who all these people are, if he's going to either be like, Oh, I fought my son. I'm terrible. Or be like, Oh, this is the eighth time I've killed my son. (laughs) (laughs) Or something like that. But, um... When they were doing uh, The Return of Wolverine... And even before that, when he would just pop up in places, like, he seemed to, like, he was at Kitty and Colossus's wedding that never happened. Yeah. But he was there because he knew them, right? Yeah. So this is before, has to be before that. Well, it definitely does, because he also gave the time gem then to uh, Black Widow before this whole Infinity Warp thing's going on. So this has to be set prior to that. Yeah. So it'll be resolved at some point. Right. When is he when is he going to get his full memory back? How is he going to get it back? It's just it's it's all very confusing stuff. But That's why I hate timelines with him. I know. I know. It it reads very well in a way that like he has no idea what's going on and he's just kind of running on instinct, so that's how it feels to read it. Because you also are very confused <laughs> what's going on still. Not as confused as the first one, but like, who's this lady? Why is she just kissing him? <laughs> I want to know. She's shady. I don't trust her, I think is what it is. I think there's something up with this lady. I don't think her son is real. I don't think there's a kid at all. I like how attached you're getting to this book. <laughs> Protective of Wolverine. I can't help it. Um, so anyway, I'm going to keep reading it because I want to know what the fuck's going on. Charles Soul, this fucking demon. <laughs> uh, but speaking of timelines, I read Spider Geddon 2. And this book, more than anything, 100% tells you where exactly each of the edge of the Spider Geddon books occurred. Okay. So that was very nice. You go through it and you find out when he hops to go get the Spider Man out of the video game world, mm-hmm. like when that happened and when they all leave to go you know, get the different characters from that, from those series. So this book was very helpful in that aspect because even the, um, the zero issue where we were like, we don't know if that was the one with the spider, uh, spider man game one, right? Was that zero? And we had no idea whether it was before one or after one or this hundred percent clears everything up for you. Okay. And it's not even like in the storyline, they totally go traditional Spider-Man where they put the little boxes. They put the little asterisks. Oh. And then they put the little, and they're like, see, Spider-Man, or this is where Spider-Man issue blah, blah, blah happens and stuff like that. Um, so, you That's know. always helpful. It is, it is. It clears a lot of things up. So I really enjoyed this. I mean, the Inheritors are back. You know, that's, they're fighting them. Something happens to Spider-Gwen. Everyone thinks she's dead, but turns out she's just in a new world that we've never heard of before. Um. 
Dr. Octopus, Superior Octopus, Superior Spider-Man goes to get help because he's ready to kill these people. And they're still kind of like, uh, half of them are like, no, we are not killers. <laughs> and half of them are kind of like, I don't know, maybe we should kill these people. <laughs> they're trying to eat us. Yeah. And they are going to keep trying to eat us unless we kill them. Um, he goes to get, uh, he wants to find the people that will help him murder and not the people that will just... Gotcha. So he's he went to go get the other. Like, the other. I can't remember the, what, what that guy's actual name is. Uh, Kane. Yes. He, so he's trying to convince him to, like... He's like, I'm not the other anymore. He's like, oh, no. We'll make you that. Again. Well, that's what, yeah, from the first yeah. one, there was the... There was, like, five different technical names that they, like, the inheritors were talking about. There's the other. There's the... Yeah. The clone. The blah, blah, blah. Right. I can't remember all their... The terms the, that they... The, the prophecy names. type things yeah. that they made. Yeah. They're, they're past that now. <laughs> but... So he's... So he's going to get him so he can help Ben Riley. Pops up, uh, is that his name? Ben Riley? Yeah. The Scarlet Spider? Yeah. Yeah. So he's gonna be in this as well. Well, um, I hope so. This, you know, the, it, it, okay. So, the, one of the brothers of the Inheritors, um, took over the web, right, at the end. And became the weaver of the web, and so and he's popped up in the some of the previous issues. They're talking to him and stuff like that. Well, his sister comes to get him, to, and he's basically like, "Not gonna let you do this." So they fight, and he thinks he's gonna kill her, but you find out because he's part of the web now that he is. He can Google everything. He's a spider totem. Uh, ooh, oh, yeah. Interesting. And you know what inheritors do to spider totems? So, a little bit of a family drama going on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a good it was a good second issue. Uh Superior Spider-Man's still a dick. He actually turns back to Superior Spider-Man in this issue, so that's okay. where you get you kind of get the the gotcha. timeline and he explains why and stuff like that. Um, it was good. It's definitely amping up the action and now that they've gotten to the point where they're going to get reinforcements and they're going to start bringing them all back that's when i think things will get really interesting um i don't i want to know where spider gwen is i want to know what this earth 3109 is it's it's a new earth that we haven't been to yet so i hope it's super weird i like it when they make these like, yeah. <laughs> super weird like i just want it to be a really weird earth so i can't wait to see what what it is there but it's good. It's good. I can't wait for the next one. Uh, I have one review that's the first two issues. Uh, however, I do need to quick talk about Mars Attacks. Okay. Because anytime that they have the Mars Attacks books, you know exactly what you're getting in these. But they're always so great because the Martians are fucking hilarious in just how they kill and disintegrate everything. It starts off with a young man visiting his, his, his old man in the retirement home. And you see right away everyone else is looking at a TV screen. So, like, right away me as a reader knows and knowing what the book is, mm -hmm. they're probably invading right now. But he just kind of, all right, I'll let myself into my dad's room. And right. then you see, like, little, like, background silhouettes of people running down the hallways just while he's having this long talk with his dad for a good part of the book, which I'm kind of like, all right, hopefully this picks up because I don't want to see this whole beat him up of the, the old man telling his kid that he's worthless and everything. Right. Then it gets to the good part where they then realize the commotion, but you already get this sense of who these two characters are. Father and son, one's an old man that needs a walker and in the retirement home, and then the other one is a loser mm. uh, person that just right. yeah, so lost his job and... They when they finally one of the doctors comes in and starts talking about uh, you know do you want do you want a, a dose of uh, penetribital lethal dose and the son's like what why are you trying to kill my dad have you not seen the news and that's when they click it on mm. and that's when they find out that the Martians are there and he goes what do they look like like angry testes with eyes 
<laughs> like balls? <laughs> yes, like testicles. And and then they get back into the point of like, wait, why do you have lethal, lethal doses of these things? He goes, oh, we have enough for everyone in here plus all the doctors just in case. And it's like, okay, wow. that's kind of dark. It's an and interesting is, contingency plan. This is where the, I mean, besides the dialogue between the father and son, which was also humorous as well, because that's what Mars Attack books do. Right. It. It was just to the point where the absurd, uh, later on when they're trying to escape and you see a little old lady just get zapped, um, you see the Martians attacking the retirement home, they do escape, and obviously because these are two main people in the Mm -hmm. book, uh, after his old man is being slow as fuck, he puts him in a wheelbarrow to try to get him out of there. I'm very much looking forward to this because normally these don't continue on beyond, because they have already destroyed half of the world and we already know that uh to have a new mars attacks you need to start over fresh and have them come in so obviously none of these books ever continue from other ones uh the humor like i said in here uh you see the president with his daughter and they're going in a bunker and one of the doctors or the scientists is like you know we got the best minds uh, working on this to try because nothing works against the martians Mm -hmm. Actually, half the best minds are gone, so we have the bestest of the leftover minds working on this. <laughs> and then the little girl, the president's daughter, goes, are they killing all the puppies and, and kittens? The president goes, answer her. Yes. <laughs> she starts crying like, okay, I thought they were going to sugarcoat that, but no, they're just more <laughs> yes, more, more, more surreal of the humor. Uh, so a really good book. What I really want to get into is High Heaven from Ahoy okay. Comics. Number two just came out. I totally missed number one. And I knew, like, I was like, I thought number one should have come out by now. Yeah. Especially when I read Captain Ginger, but yeah. I didn't see it. So I was able to get both of them. And I'm glad that I did uh, for the reason of number one was, I would almost say kind of like Books of Magic. It was it was a bit mundane where I was like, I don't, I don't really know about this series. I had high hopes for it, but I wasn't sure. Number two... Definitely brought into the direction that I wanted. Okay. So you have this main uh, character, last name Weathers, but they keep calling him Feathers. Uh, he's he's dead now. Hmm. But you see how shitty, his terrible his life was. You know, desk job. He liked this chick who, who he thought was one of his best friends, uh, said, oh, you should ask her out. Only for him to find out that the chick was engaged to the guy. Oh, my God. What a dick. Yeah, he set it up. So I wouldn't say best friend, more or less co-worker that right. is an asshole. Yeah. And during that whole crisis and everything of going out to lunch with her and professing his love and finding that out, a piano falls on his head. Oh. So, obviously, he wakes up in a world that he's not sure what's going on. But as readers, you kind of could guess he's in a line to then get into heaven. And it's... Not the type of heaven that people would think. Okay. When giving him his halo, well, halo is kind of like a credit card thing that he can use to get snacks from a vending machine because there are sometimes humanly needs that God made, you know, and cravings and stuff. So he's got a small, shitty uh, TV. He's pretty much in a dorm room is his mansion. Okay. They call a mansion. It looks like a crappy town, like... USA. Okay. Where it doesn't look so heavenly. Hmm. People don't really like him. And the guy is a whiny little bitch. Complaining <laughs> about life and everything. But you do have angels that are coming on by. What's in the second book when you... Well, first book when he's hearing that there's a way out. Because his parents aren't there. Because no one came to greet him. His uncle came to show up. But they keep shitting on this guy so much because when you think, oh, he's got a family member here, and that's how the first book ends, you find out in the next one, his roommate that he had in his mansion, they actually sent his uncle to get that person's stuff because they didn't even want to be paired with this guy. Like, he's such a whiny little bitch that he shouldn't be here. Wow. And this is where it turns where one of the angels, he's talking about not wanting to be here because the angels can hear all these things. and. Mm-hmm. One of them turns into this grotesque monster and then takes them up to high heaven. So there's heaven, and then there's high heaven. Okay. Where there are giant TVs with more channels. There is pool parties. There is just luxury here and there. And he's wanting to get up to high heaven. And one of the jokes that was in the first one was when he was watching the channel and there's a news reporter on it, he 
puts his hands down his pants and uh. is going to, and then they reveal he has no genitals. <laughs> but in high heaven, they have genitals. Uh, mm. So he really wants to get to heaven. Yeah. That's funny. It's all these things that start setting up to where it's coming together to be a good book. Now there's different uh, realms. They also saw where the heathens go, which they also look like they were having fun partying too. Well, they're heathens. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. better than what just regular heaven was. Right. And what we end the second issue on is he gets a roommate. Someone that he least expected. Because in the human world, the man that told him all this stuff that led to the accident because sure. he probably wouldn't have been out with the girl and everything at that point to have the piano fall on. He decides to commit suicide and jump out a window and wow, oh, he's in heaven now. Oh. And he's the new roommate. Ah, because It's going to be an odd couple situation going on here. Very much so, but there's also the thought of escape. There is now this other place to try to get to. Uh, what's with these angels that turn into like the many angled looking like monsters? Like there's so much going on with this book that I'm like, I'm very intrigued. And I was still intrigued within reading issue number one, but I, it piqued my interest within number, issue number two as right. well. So Nice. Very, very uh Way to go, Ahoy Comics. Know, They're they killing it. I hope other people are reading them. Like, they come very highly recommended from Drunk on Comics, you guys. Like, these books are pretty awesome. And they, you fucking get a lot of bang for your buck out of these books. Yeah, the extra the things in the back, too. Didn't Grant Morrison write one for this one? Uh, I can't remember who did. I know that uh, Tom Fair uh, wrote the main, is writing the main story. Greg Scott on art, which the art is also great. One of the things that he even starts talking about is like, there's feathers. There's damn feathers everywhere. And there are just times there's feathers just floating around that's like, makes a little nice aesthetic like nice. look. So, nice. really good. Rock on! Yep. Uh... In news, uh, one of the things that it's it's really not weird to say, but it it does make me recant uh, titling one of the episodes uh, a couple weeks ago. But uh, last week on uh, WWE Raw, we found out Roman Reigns, oh. aka Joe, uh, relinquished his belt. And when I heard that, I'm like, what? Because he has leukemia that came back. Right. And, and you booed him. You named an entire podcast of ours to boo him. Well, I still boo Roman Reigns, and there's that's the thing. You can separate right. the man from the character. And there is a lot of outpouring of love for Joe, the, the human. Still people that... <laughs> Joe the human. Roman the wrestler, people still like that character. Yeah. But it was also great seeing when, like, this doesn't happen that often in wrestling because they always have to be on point of mm-hmm. being the wrestlers. Like, sometimes even you can't really even show, back in the day it was really big taboo before the internet of showing even two two guys that were fighting, you know, in a couple months to be seen together at the same bar. Right. Even though a lot of them are friends because it would just break the whole thought of this yeah. being real. Sure. But seeing the they outpouring. They have a term for that, don't they? Yeah. Kayfabe. Yeah. So with that, we you see the outpouring of other wrestlers being like, you know, you were the enemy in the ring, but really behind the doors, you're like one of my best friends and everything. You'll beat this. And it's one of those things like, did not see that coming, especially with how the writing has been for the show. Yeah. He was going to keep that belt for forever. So now it's like, this what came out of nowhere. Do? Yeah. Well, it's got me intrigued back into wrestling. And it's sad that it started because of this, but I'm also going to be following him on social media too because he was always a like one of those people that really kept his private life private. Right. And so and most of them kind of do at some point like the Miz and Maurice, they have their own show. So you see like the Bellas and John C like you know more of them outside the ring because they share it. And their kind of real personalities go out into the real right. world where Roman hasn't really been in many movies and done the circuit besides being Roman right. to know who right. the real character is. So that was kind of sad, but it is sad. I hope he uh, this is because this is his second go round with leukemia. He mm-hmm. was in remission um, for ten years. Yeah, and, yeah, and now it's back. And you know that can be. I mean, it comes back. It can be a fucking with a vengeance. So 
you know. As I was reading statistics, I can't remember all of them, but they, as what's always been said, if you have any type of cancer, leukemia is the one to have because it's the it's the most treatable. But yeah. then it goes into, but then when it comes back, though, yeah, it comes back pretty hard. Yeah, and depending on what stage and everything, and hopefully because he knew he had it, he probably got routine tests to know so. They caught it at an early enough right. time. Well, and those wrestlers, I mean, they have to, for insurance purposes even, they have to go to the doctors all the time. So. Yeah, I'm sure they caught yeah. it right when yeah. they caught it. Yep. Um, I feel bad almost just talking about this because it's going into a comedy realm. But the one of the, the main writers. Uh, of, we don't do comedy here on Drunk on Comics. Yeah. <laughs> One of the main main uh, creator uh, creator writers of uh, Rick and Morty, Mike McMahon, is writing a new Star Trek series cartoon. Yeah. Called Lower Decks. Okay. And it's going to be comedy based around other characters while things are going on in the Starfleet. Hmm. And this isn't something that they've really ever done within the Star Trek realm. I mean, you've had seriousness. You've had maybe a couple episodes here or there a little more goofy but it was always about exploring and seeing new creatures and right away i'm starting to think that this is going to be more like a um sea lab 2020 yeah or the orville or yes but cartoon right, wise right i forgot about that show yeah is that coming back i don't know i hope so that was a fucking good show i, I at first when that show came out i was like i don't know give it a chance i'm like this is fucking awesome it was good so I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, That'll be interesting. They've done stuff like that with Star Wars before, obviously um, non-canon stuff, but I don't know if you ever, I can't remember what it was, but it was like the Pink Jedi. Did you ever watch any of those YouTube videos where it was like the girl who was getting trained as a Jedi right behind Luke? No. Oh my God. <laughs> it was just, it's such a good little web series that they did years ago. But so they've always done stuff like that with Star Wars, and I think it just adds to the fandom to be able to make fun of it a little bit or get into the lighter side of of something like that. Star Wars or Star Trek is always so very serious. It'll be nice to have a little fun with it. Um, God, I wish Kevin Feige. That's how you say his last name. Feige, right? yeah. yeah. I always want to say Fiji sometimes, but <laughs> nope, Feige. Uh, he uh, just received uh, a huge reward, the Albert R. Ricoli Award um, for his contributions to entertainment. Okay. I mean, he's yeah. done a lot. And at this, he got asked a couple key questions. The biggest ones uh, that were answered are these three. And one that he never actually got asked directly before, but they asked, did Deadpool survive the snap? Because he's gone off about, yeah, this person did, this person didn't. I mean, he could say any names if they did or didn't. Right. It doesn't matter if they're going to show up in the movies or not, but... He kind of flat out just said, you know, he's not in the, the universe, so probably not, but probably. It's like a no answer, but getting directly, because they always want to know, you know, well, is he going to show up? Is he going to show up? He's not speculating on any of that. However, when asked about uh, um, uh, Namor mm -hmm. going to show up, that he goes, it's not a matter of if, it's when. When, right. Yeah, because so, Namor's first appearance was not. It's not directly related to the X-Men. Yeah, it's... So it, Marvel owns that character. Well, and they own X-Men well, now, too. But even before then, they could have introduced Namor. Yes. Well, yes, I think fully well they could. But mm -hmm. I think he's more associated even with uh, Fantastic Four lore, right. which I think partially mm. was... Right. I don't know how the nitty-gritty of all those things work. Right. But I think even though he was debuted, they could have made a case for it. But I think they just, like, he's part of Fantastic Four package. Mm -hmm. And that's why they truly haven't. Sure. But that's kind of cool to, to know. And yeah. I could totally see, especially, tell you the truth, I could say that depending on how Aquaman turns out. Right. It may be the first time that EC did something before Maybe. Marvel. Yeah, Namor, um, he's a dick, so it'll be interesting. And then the, the other big thing that came out of it is the trailer for Avengers 4 will definitely drop before the end of the year. Oh, sweet. Guessing probably around Christmas time when the big movies come out, you'll have the giant, uh, you know, yeah. everyone Ugh. just shuts up and watches and right. finally get the title of what it's going to be. And 
That I'm looking forward to That's a lot. That's going to be awesome. Um, so Wonder Woman, the next Wonder Woman movie, has been pushed back seven months, which sucks, but there's speculation as to why this movie is being pushed back, and that is that they're rewriting the ending of it. Really? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're losing our Batman, and we're losing our Superman. So those characters, if they're going to continue, need to be replaced. So people are speculating that they're going to reshoot the ending of Wonder Woman to make a Flashpoint-type scenario that allows them to replace the actors as in those characters so that they can move forward from that movie on. Because, you know, this movie takes... Which is takes place in the 80s. So if they did a Flashpoint-type scenario... Anything going forward, you can just insert those characters into those roles, and it would be like they were there the whole time because she switched things up in the eighties instead of. I feel it'd be hard though for a flashpoint without like a flash movie, right? And, well, I mean, and that's why they're saying like a flashpoint type scenario. So I don't know that they're gonna because that was the whole plan when doing the Flash was to do flashpoint, which made sense. Because it's just like when they did Days of Future Past in the X-Men, right? It was supposed to give them a chance to reset. Um, and then they still fucked it up in the X-Men. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then that's what I thought they were... But the Flash keeps getting pushed back. And with them losing both Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck, um, they have to do something now. Because you can't just... Well, you can replace Batman with frequency, apparently, and no one seems to care. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the fact that I think they're trying to do these... Uh, more as a uh, like an actual storyline and not just like separate movies they figure they assume they have to do something to make it so that the replacement of these characters seems organic so I hope uh, part of me is like uh, this isn't Wonder Woman's responsibility <laughs> I just want to see the movie you don't need to reshoot the ending of it what if it's terrible now um, but the other, oh, I think it's going to be good. Well, I think the whole movie is going to be good. I just hope they don't fuck it up by doing something fucking stupid at the end. But I'm actually pretty okay with them trying to, trying to soft reset things so that they can recast. And I'm okay with them recasting both of those characters because, honestly, they were two of my least favorite. So. <laughs> Well, I heard the Spawn uh, movie production, it's still 100% going, but that also got pushed back a little bit to start production now in June of next year. That's a movie I'm definitely looking forward to. Also, we talked about it before, the rumored uh, Marvel movie that's got pulled from yes. 2020 release. Well, whether these ones are already going to be on the schedule or not, uh, it's looking like Marvel's looking at Black Widow coming out no, in 2020. they're finally actually going to maybe yeah. do this one. Oh, it's definitely it's actually definitely going forward. Yeah, they've it's, said that a hundred times now. Well, it's definitely going forward now. Okay. And it's looking like we'll possibly see. going for around May release. Yeah. And that, that they keep talking about the Eternals movie, that's the one that I don't truly think they're going to go because it's so obscure, mm-hmm. like more more obscure than Inhumans and everything else. Because right. hell, they didn't even had they had a ton of comics back in the day, but they haven't shown up in ages. Right. Which actually, I'm hoping the synergy will flow and we'll see them back in the comic book realm. But awesome. and the Eternals coming later on then, which it's getting towards the end of this year, which means really we're getting closer and closer to 2020. Yeah, and it's it's just a little over a year away and i really feel now that i just think of this pun in my head i gotta say it out loud but i really hope that there's a vision book out <laughs> come out that year 2020 vision oh my god vision 2020 <laughs> uh also uh something that i've talked about before but it's still not greenlit there is a full fleshed out labyrinth script now so the creator of it, who um, he pretty much uh, wrote the "Don't Breathe" or "Don't Breathe" director, um, Fede Alvarez. Okay. Um, he's talked about this new. It's a, I believe it's a horror. Is that the one where they um, break into the house of a woman who's deaf? I believe so. Okay. Um. Anyways, going forward, it's looking like it's a continuation. So everything that we've known before. But that's all they would speculate on because it's still not green lit. Right. I just want to see that green light turn on. 
I don't know. There's not really an analogy to say, but no, I just want yeah. to see All right. this come about. Um, one of the last things that uh, I have is NASA jumping on the comic book bandwagon. Has oh. named a couple of new constellations. Um, Pop culture is is big this year. There's partly science based kind of behind these as well, though. There is a new uh, gamma ray space telescope that they have, and that's where these constellations have been seen is through gamma ray type light. And so because of that, they have a new one that is Hulk. Mm -hmm. They have one Godzilla because even though gamma rays weren't technically how it was made, its breath weapon is gamma ray induced because Mm. that is a type of... um, what would, you, what would you call it? Um, radiation type thing. Sure. And then also they have uh, Majolner now as well as a constellation because Mjolnir. of... Because of... <laughs> Jay's silent, Tony. <laughs> because of back in the mythology, mytho- mythological roots, um, the way that the flashes of thunder and everything were of, thing, of gamma rays. So, okay. So there's real science kind of behind it, but they definitely are just wanting people to get into 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 the stars. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with that. I mean, they just had uh, one of the um, people that are up on the space station. She brought up a oh, Star Trek yeah. suit. And, that was like, fucking sweet. Getting more people into like wanting to talk right. about space is always a great thing. Well, and the, so let's think about this here, though. So a lot of the constellations are named after characters in Greek mythology, right? Yes. And what are comic books except our modern day mythology? So it would make sense to name them after the characters in our modern day mythology. Because we don't relate to those. I mean, I know about the Greek myths. We had to read about them in high school and stuff. But, like, they're not on the tip of everybody's tongue. People aren't thinking about them all the time anymore. This makes way more sense. Just way more sense. And it's going to last a lot longer, I Yeah, think. but just wait, like, 200 years, 300 <laughs> years from now when... Someone uncovers this archive of Hulk books and like, this was a true life thing that our constellation is based on. I really hope that happens. <laughs> uh, last thing that uh, I have, it both in, uh, revolves around Star Wars. Uh, they've officially said that there is no longer going to be a Boba Fett movie. That no, they're been... doing the Mandalorian And TV that's the show. thing. Yeah. Because they're doing that that I feel... It makes more sense. Yeah. But I don't think the Mandalorian TV show is going to explore Boba Fett. But as the character, I do truly want to see him show up. But as a culture and who they are, though, I'm much more happier to go that route with a TV series than just one movie about one person who's a badass bounty hunter and everything and looks cool. However, uh, on the set of uh, the Mandalorian... Someone stole uh, a bunch of stuff. What the fuck? Uh, particularly, uh, uh, not a save disc, like a zip drive that mm. has a lot of uh, information on it, as well as other expensive equipment, uh, cameras and everything. That sucks. Uh, hopefully in this day and age uh, we can find that person, because that person's probably going to be stupid enough to try to sell these leaks online and maybe get caught. Yeah, I hope so. But they also just kind of were, they haven't really gone through much of pre-production right now, so I don't know what little they could get except for storyline and everything, but no real set test photos and everything. It's dumb. People are dumb. Yes. Yes, we are. But again, it's because people will pay a lot of money for that information. And it's so, it's such, it's literally like, just wait. It's not even like, it's not a secret. It's not like you're never going to know what happens. It's going to be a TV show soon. You could just fucking wait for the TV show. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right, you got anything else? Nope. All right. Uh, booze in the book this week. Uh, I feel like we've pretty much started naming almost all these books, or we've talked about them all so far. X-Men Black Juggernaut, ah. number one. I will say this. The story was a little revealing, a little retconning of the character, it was kind of one of those mindscapes of you're kind of wondering why is he fighting the old X-Men in their suits. He even is wondering this. And what you come to find out is that the he's at the Sidorak Temple, which actually showed up within Thor number one. 
when Thor took back an artifact that Juggernaut had, mm-hmm. and this continued on from it because um, Sidorak said, because of that, I don't know if you're wor- you got something stolen from the unworthiest of Thors. I don't know if you can be my you know, avatar anymore. Oh. So they were testing him and putting him through this mind thing. So this is when Thor didn't have his powers anymore. Oh, it's still, it's the current, yeah. current Thor. He still doesn't have his hammer. <laughs> and he was straight up like, oh, you, this is the worst Thor. And yeah, <laughs> and you lost. And you lost to the worst Thor. <laughs> and ultimately, we've always known that the, the gem has enhanced his rage and his chaos mm-hmm. and his unstoppableness. But what we're told within this story is that really he's always had this rage inside him and he's always been holding back for some reason. So after a Mindscape battle um, with the demon, he's still allowed to have the gem. But now Juggernaut's new mission is, you know, screw you. I'm going to destroy you. And someone mentions the eight gems. I always thought there was only one gem. Yeah. Now there's eight gems. I'm like, did I ever miss this in any of the other X-Men books? Nope. It's a new thing. Okay. And I'm okay with the new thing because it gives the Juggernaut a direction and now a, a bad guy that he is going to go after, his master. And right. I'm very intrigued by that. Dude, and well, and the thing that I want to know is, okay, are these eight gems just sitting hiding somewhere or do obviously people, or, people or do people them? have them yeah. yeah or do characters we even know maybe have been using them this whole time and we had no idea yeah. sort of thing so with that something that it it's the only thing i could really think of that i wanted to pair with and it kind of works um and i've used it before many times but while using my costume of fading away i definitely wanted to get so drunk i was fading away and one of the things that I go to is Jaeger. Yeah. So, because of Jaeger, I will mix it with Monster. Yeah. And I become a raging alcoholic. <laughs> and I feel that fits well with, with this Juggernaut yes, book. Yes, for sure. That's all I have for now. That's all we have this week for everyone. We're done. This is it. Stay thirsty for more tricks. Maybe treats. Always treats. Candy's the best. (laughs) Or booze.